It's me. I got a password. Life sucks. One word. Welcome back to the party. Hello. I mean, it, this has really been a game of two halves, hasn't it? Uh, yeah. I mean, so I came out of this block feeling like this block had sucked, also. But then I realized what happened is that my ADHD meds wore off, and I just didn't really like pay attention. And when you went back over everything that happened, my God, well, if, uh, this block actually kind of ruled. If going back over everything that happened made you like it more, then you're in for a treat for the next hour. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> like like i like anyone who takes like stimulant medication like that will understand that when it wears off you just like you completely crash and i think that's what happened about halfway through this block uh but like thinking back on it yeah okay fair enough this block was fun yeah trend's been making it through kind of like that episode of battlestar galactica where they've been five days without sleep yeah just kind of loopy on stimulants it's um well <laughs> that's me at all times nowadays I, to be fair the, they are prescribed i've allowed these loopy on stimulants does describe the tone this show is starting to veer mm. towards oh for, oh for sure also uh, at some point like oh, firstly a reminder that we've now been doing this for how long how long have we been doing this season for like continuously because i think like if people are listening now that might not have sunk in for them that we do this all in one go mm. So, uh, we do this in real time a long time th- alongside the show. Yes, we're approaching hour 12. Yeah. Uh, we're at the halfway point. Uh, and we've you know, been up for a, a few hours beforehand. We've gone out and done other things. Jack Bauer, I think at the start of this season, he was well rested. Yeah. He was ready Fuck to start him. his day. He's cheating. He hadn't had to go to the spa to pick up some fizzy cola bottles <laughs> and jammy dodgers. Uh, but... When this block starts, it begins with Quentin Tarantino, who he meets his boss, who we see for the first time. Uh, his name is Vladimir Birko. Mm. Uh, he's played by the English actor Julian Sands, who uh, is, I think, currently still unaccounted for in it, it, in sad news, because he's, he's quite good. Uh, but thankfully, if, if you want evidence that Julian Sands is quite good... He doesn't even try and do an accent for this. Yeah, like essentially, yeah, like he's he's he just has an English accent. Yeah, Birko is from somewhere in Central Asia, and speaks English without an accent, and that's fine. Mm. Well, I mean, no, he speaks in English with with like almost approaching your accent. Oh, but well, yeah, I suppose yeah. But he, he speaks it without a native, like his own native accent, mm. uh, uh, and. Birko's very annoyed that he trusted the Americans who've now betrayed them and then wasted a canister on Americans. And Quentin goes, oh, I, I know they suck. Uh, we were betrayed. Somebody must pay. And then Birko says, yes, someone will. And one minute into the first episode of this block, Quentin, who has up to now been our main villain, gets stabbed in the gut and fucking dies. Yeah. So uh, Peace out. Also, Quentin, um, uh, or whatever the hell his name was, um, he, speaking of Battlestar Galactica, he's in that, yeah. uh, which I realized when I saw him, cause I thought he was the guy from Stargate, like the Stargate Atlantis, the, the, like Rodney, I think his name is. And you looked it up and it was like, no, you probably recognize him from Battlestar. He's like, uh, he's, uh, like Rolo, is it Rolo Lampkin? That, like sa- the... that sounds about right. I, yeah. I, I haven't gotten that far in yet. Um, yeah, he's good. Uh, 
and Birko instantly goes on the warpath. Uh, we find the guy what has been on the phone in his little matrix cave. Uh, we find that he's called Nathanson, and Birko is extremely annoyed at him for betraying him. And while Nathanson is just on the phone to his other guys, they all get simultaneously shot. Oh, it's so good, actually. I, fu- I just I like a sort of. I just remembered the joy I felt when, like, he's on the phone with one of his guys, and one of his guys is just having a nice time on the phone, and a hand with a silenced pistol comes in, literally, like, on the side of the screen, just, like, swings up and, and like, <laughs> shoots him, but it looks so stupid. But it's interrupting Nathanson's conversation about how someone's probably going to try and shoot you, and he's like, I don't think that's very boomful. Yeah, but it, like, swings out of frame and, like, oh, it's so good. It's, like, it's comedic, like... So Nathanson instantly goes on the run, and uh, he calls via Audrey. He ends up getting Audrey to patch him through to Jack, and says, I want a meeting with you. And this is all while Jack's on the phone to Audrey, in, uh, ostensibly to Audrey, in the car with Curtis, because Curtis is now bringing him back to CTU uh, so that they can all, you know... Well, because Samwise is pissed at him. Yeah, Samwise is really kind of not thrilled about all of this. This is the fucking, like, Swede Mason thing, where, like, he'll just bring him in because it's funny. Yeah, like, that. that's... So many uh, things that happen in this uh, in this season, we just... Trin and I look at each other and simply just say, funny? To... Yeah, as a way, as a way of justifying the it. characters. Like, um, so, Jack, he... The, 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 when the car gets to, like, a, the next stop sign just leans over and chokes Curtis out. He gives him the old say goodnight. Like, good night. I genuinely thought, like, because I was, like, sort of half paying attention, this is around the time that my meds started to wane, that Curtis has gone, yeah, just, just make it look like it hurt, man, and then I'll let you out. I didn't even realise that he'd actually escaped. I thought Curtis was, like, doing a kind of, like, well, you know, I think it's a bit weird of uh, Samwise to bring you in for, like, not killing a bunch of people in a mall. Uh, so, you know, man, I'll let you out at the well, next intersection. Just, like, make it, like, look like I struggled. Well, he even was saying, he's like, ah, oh, well, you know, it's, what are you going to do? It's bullshit. It's all politics. I think it's wrong. And then he's like, oh, I really appreciate you. Good night, bitch. Say good night. <laughs> and then he just drags him out of the car and, like, leaves him by the side of the road. Uh, and uh, I like that he, like, he gets his gun back. But he leaves Kurt- Curtis with his, so he's just leaving this like unconscious dude with like a firearm lying around. Well, he's played Disco Elysium. He knows how much trouble he'd be in. <laughs> now, Curtis, surely you know where your gun is. I've got men out looking for it now. For fuck's sake. Well, we later see someone get strapped into an uncomfortable chair. So this is... <laughs> uh, and while this is happening, Birko just calls up the president. So he dials 1-800... President, one eight hundred gaslight, hmm. and says, "Oh yeah." Um, well, he calls up Mike, and then Mike's like, "I've got, I've got a terrorist on the phone." And the president's like, "Well, I don't want to talk to him." <laughs> He's like, "Well, he won't talk to anyone else, so you're gonna have to." Yeah, the, uh, he says he, yeah, he says he he only wants to talk to the president on the phone, uh, and yeah, it's, yeah, I don't like being put on hold either. You know, this beer co guy, he's what he's saying makes a lot of sense, um, but then he goes and loses a lot of uh, sympathy. By saying, give me the route of the Russian president's motorcade, or I will deploy nerve gas across your cities. Yeah. Uh, and he's, he's saying, oh, yeah, so we can't strike at, at Moscow, so now we'll strike at Russia from inside America. Because you're allies now, yeah. because of this accord, which, flimsy, but okay, man. 
And the president, he considers giving the terrorists the route. Um, he really doesn't want to have to deal with it. And he, he's, he keeps telling himself, like coming up with really flimsy justifications. Like, the show will provide flimsy justifications that in-universe are meant to be ironclad, but this is one that in-universe is meant to be flimsy as well. I think it's kind of, it's, it's silly as hell because like, like uh, Mike is going along with it and he's like, uh, if you, you know, if you do this, like this, you know, this will destroy our relationship with 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 Russia. Like, um, if they find out that you had anything to do with this, and I'm like, you know what? And he's like, well, I, I, otherwise I've got, you know, how else are we going to stop these many people dying? You, you know, earlier they said like the casualties could be like as high as one million, like between like hundreds of thousands to to a million, right? I think now, yeah, I think that the average what they were saying was about a hundred thousand. Yeah, so. You know what'll cause considerably more death is Russian president dying on U.S. soil with like evidence that they helped. Uh, I think nukes might do a lot more. Yeah, <laughs> like not not to be that guy, but like this is like not like it's not even remotely a sensible idea. Like. Uh- I, I'm the, the Russia understander here. Um, you, what you need to understand is that in Russian culture, uh, allowing their president to be assassinated is considered um, it's considered a, a great social faux pas. Yeah, I think it's generally not considered to be a great idea. A lot of Westerners don't get that. Yeah. yeah. Um, you go to Russia, you let their president be assassinated, and you just go, back home, back home, that's called a good time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, this show goes through them so often. I think that might actually become a sort of cultural thing. Uh, yeah, well, I think it's. I've definitely started to internalize it. <laughs> but well, I mean, we've we've had three prime ministers in the last year. Okay, yeah, and, and I feel that's a normal pace. Yeah, none of them were shot out of the sky with a stinger missile. So I'm thinking, huh, relatively stable year for politics. Yeah. Anyhow, um, Nathanson. Uh, ends up having the Russian, well, the the Russian breakaway separatists catch up to him, and I love Nathanson. He he looks very ominous when he's standing in like a dark room with screens, but then when he's running away, um, the the exact wording that we've got is he does a gay little run. He's um he's got like. He he picks up like a um a like a G thirty six off like one of the guys that he like downs as he's running away, and it looks like tiny compared to him. I think it might be like a scale like a model that's like two thirds scale, but the effect is that it makes him look incredibly big, and it's like it's very funny when he's like he's like this burly guy running with like a tiny rifle. It makes him, but he of- runs with like his shoulders and arms like held in to hold this tiny rifle. And it looks so silly. It looks so silly. It's so good. And he's wearing like a black suit. You know, he's, he's and dre- he looks like kind of like, like he looks scared as well. So it just adds, he looks like a birthday boy. He's like the birthday boy. Like he's pulling like that face. Imagine if you bought a John Wick branded garden gnome. <laughs> um, I, I think I sort of, made Trin slightly annoyed by pointing out that the actor that plays him is Welsh. And I went, as though you needed me to point that out. And Trin then looked at me as if I was 
in like what kind of skull shape measurements had I been doing <laughs> to identify the Welshman? In his- I think you me- you meant that he was like very non-threatening, which is a bit that you like that you've been doing the last couple of days. Yeah, is that like the Welsh? It's impossible to be threatened by the Welsh. Yeah. Uh, wait, and the best thing is, whenever I say that to you, you then try and threaten me, and it there's no cell, and I'm like, this only make- proves it more. <laughs> this only makes sense to people who know that I'm like. I am half Welsh. I think from con people can work it out from context. Okay. Yeah, uh, Jack gets there just in time uh, to see Nathanson do this like great, like he's running forwards and then belly flops at like ninety degrees. It's like kind of a it's like a mantle, but he then kind of flips sideways. It's it's an incredible piece of gymnastics that i don't think anyone could intentionally get their body to replicate yeah it's like um it's, it's like uh it's like he's playing mirror's edge but he's not very good at it yeah it's like he's uh or like if you're playing mirror's edge and that you, d- you do like a sprint cancel <laughs> it seemed like he, his body started to do something but then he and gravity just stopped like they the momentum just leaves. Like the it. um, like uh, Wiley e. Coyote going off a cliff and then looking down. Yeah, yeah. It's like that kind of effect. Uh, and he gets you know blasted a few times. Well, he he's like in cover, firing everything that he has. He misses. He whiffs everything. Jack turns up and just fires two shots and kills both guys. And then a helicopter turns up, and then he shoots the helicopter and kills the helicopter. Not before he tells Nathanson to stay in cover, and the guy just goes nah and gets like riddled. Uh, but he, so, on his dying body, Jack finds um, a computer drive. Like Nathanson, he's like, he's like, oh, yeah, where are the canisters? He's like, in my pocket. And yeah. I was like, you're never, they, you've never got them in there, son. <laughs> like, it's come like, on, who, who are you trying to fool? Like, this guy is banned from a lot of local cinemas. <laughs> like, he's, he's not allowed to have popcorn. He, 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 this, is, this, this is a man who, this is a man who, when he has his dry cleaning returned to him. And they say, sorry, um, it seems like all of the pockets in your trousers have been uh, ripped open. And he goes, I, I like him that way. <laughs> I, I know you're doing like, that he's like a, a serial like public masturbator bit. But like, I like I was doing a, he's probably like, he's trying to claim he has nerve gas in his pockets bit, which I think would logically justify being banned from a lot of cinema. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think that would be worse. Yeah, I walk, I walk into the Odeon. And they've just got a board up. Just... <laughs> it's like that Nathan for you thing. Yeah, it's oh, like popcorn, like um, popcorn sharers, popcorn and... sharers, and serial masturbators, and like and like in brackets, like scrawled in crayon after, and guys that release nerve gas in the cinema. Yeah. <laughs> um. So Jack gets Chloe to data mine this drive, and um, he discovers that it's a it's got defa- it's got Department of Defense encryption. Uh, that he needs, and Audrey ends up having to get on board to use her codes to break it. But this is all having to happen between behind um, Samwise Gamgee's back. Yeah, because he's he's losing it. Yeah, he's going. He's getting pretty paranoid. He's freaking out. Countdown to frying pan started. Yeah, around we, this time we were like people start going. What are we going to do about it? And we were just saying frying pan. Hit him over the head with the frying pan. <laughs> This is not a man who has. You've taken... done this before. You know what to do. You frying pan the guy. This is not a man who's taken his frying pan medicine. Yeah, he's not been. He's not been like working on it for a while. He's no Swede Mason, but he's also being completely reasonable. He's going, uh, Audrey. 
I'm going to have you everything you're doing monitored because I'm absolutely certain that you're talking to Jack behind my back. And she's like, that's so unreasonable. And also entirely a thing that she's been doing for this entire yeah, he, he's just right on the money that everyone... At this point, he is kind of reasonable, apart from the fact that he's trying to have Jack come in for, like, so that he can yell at him for, like, not killing a bunch of civilians. Yeah. Like, but, but like, he is correct that everyone is talking. It's like, it's not paranoia if you're right yeah, kind and, of thing, like... And um, he gets Bill Buchanan, he gets him put in, put in, in a holding cell for insubordination. And, and like, it, it's it's sort of shown that, like, the president yelled at him, so he's, like, lost his mind a bit, and he's very stressed. Yeah. Um, and but, yeah. despite that, they're able to get into the drive, and they find out that a company called Teradyne, a part of Omicron International, and now we're back to the dang novel coronavirus, mm. um, they bought a ton of strontium isotope, which is a precursor chemical to making Semtox. Which is the gas. The nerve gas. Uh, and they have ties to the Department of Defense. So they made this for the military. Yeah, it's like Sinister Corp as a subsidiary of of like of uh, of evil ink. Like it's well, it, it feels all like um, Omicron. It's like OCP, like Omni Consumer Products from it's... from from Robocop. Yeah. Which hold that thought? Because uh, Jack asks if a man called Christopher Henderson is on the board and finds out that he is, and then he kind of starts frowning more than he was before. Yeah. And like, goes to Omicron. But our first hour ends with the First Lady having repeatedly said to the President, don't let them blow up the Russians. Yeah. And he was like, I'm not going to. I'm just going to let them blow up the Russians. And she's like, I knew it. So she just decides to ride in the motorcade with them to the airport. Like as a sort of human shield so that he won't do it. Yeah. And uh, Aaron Pierce, he doesn't even really know what's going on. He knows something's up. Uh, but he's like, I'll ride in this in this motorcade with you. Mm. And the next thing we see is the terrorists setting up an ambush with like anti-tank missiles. Yeah, like, quite genuinely a small army's worth. Oh yeah, no, they've got like um like they're not javelins, but like they are like shoulder-mounted like anti-tank missiles. We've, they're not like we like I looked it up. Yeah, we found the exact model because we were curious. Uh, and the president keeps trying to call, and he keeps trying to get the motorcade to come back. He's like, um. What if you say that I need her back at, um, you know, back here with me? And he's like, well, she will just say no. He's like, well, what if we force the motorcade over? And like, that would be an act of war. Uh, like, also, it would be extremely suspicious that you did that. And he's he's getting the most, like, flop sweat you can imagine. It's great. It's like, oh, there's nothing I can do now. But he's also terrified that she's going to tell them. Because if he does, like, force them over then, yeah, she will just tell them the truth because that'll be the last thing that she has available. Yeah. Uh, And uh, so Samwise is freaking out. Um, He is is getting, like, so weird about this that when CTU... Like, Edgar, the boy, gets uh, one of his filters uh, set up with the NSA and that gets chatter and numbers come up and they're highway numbers and they're the route that the president's motorcade is taking and so he thinks there might be an attack on the motorcade and asks for permission to investigate it and lynn freaks out and says no no so- because there's a very funny scene because like edgar and chloe go up there and it's like they think they're going to attack the russian president's motorcade and he's like based on what as uh, like 
And he's like, well, can you call, um, you know, can you just call and get them to pull over, like tell the secret service and then they'll act on it. And he's like, based on what? Like an unstantiated theory by two, uh, two analysts. And they're like, well, can we substantiate it? And they're like, no, (laughs) no, you can't go back to work. It's like, what the fuck? Like, also the other thing is like the idea that like, oh, by just by two analysts, it's like, yeah, those who come up with the theories, man. Like there's um, also a great bit where Audrey is sending over her, her DOD credentials uh, so Chloe can hack the drive. And she brings them up while Bill is distracting um, Samwise. And uh, when she closes the window, he hears this, like, the didoom of the window closing, spins around, and I'm just like, what did you just close? And she was like, <laughs> yeah. ah. I know the he, sound of an alt F4. He was like, I know that's plot relevant. And she was like, no, it wasn't. Do you think he might have um, gotten like super freaked out because um, Henderson or whatever Nathanson, um, he uh, he he did the whole like what has it got in its pockets? It's bit, oh. and he's like now like he's freaked out because of that. Yeah, no, maybe this is. He's like, I know where that goes. This is maybe bringing back a lot of bad memories. Yeah, um, Quentin Tarantino did look a bit like Gollum. No, 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 he's a more like Smeagol. I'm going to be nice. Okay. And he's probably not, still not thrilled about the fact that like a random drug addict kidney punched him and stole his, oh, yeah. and stole his wallet. Uh, yeah, and then so, the president yelled at him. But they're, they're so annoyed that um, he doesn't get permission that Audrey, Edgar, and Chloe scheme together to get him so angry that they get him sectioned. Essentially. Like, yeah. The, the, yeah. Um, it's uh, there's a, a clause that says you know if you're not mentally fit, and so they just keep annoying him and provoking him. I don't know. Like it feels like they're trying to do their job like properly to like make sure that the Secret Service know, and he keeps going like, no, no, you don't. Like I actually think it's funny when this when the, when when this shit happens. Um, oh no, you don't. And then like uh, and and eventually like Curtis is like fine. Right, I'm taking you into custody. But he does like a little like um like cowboy like like okay gunfight at okay corral bit. Yeah. Like where like um uh like Samwise tries to have him arrested and he goes, If you do that, I will draw my weapon to the security guys. Um and like puts his sort of hand like he's a cowboy about to draw. And uh, and and the and the, the security guys are like Well, okay. <laughs> the security chaps who we hasten to remind you are all in red shirts. Mm. Uh they they arrest Samwise and they they take him to take him to holding and they get Buchanan out, uh, and they then tell the Secret Service, who it doesn't even really do anything. They just kind of stop. About- I think it means that like they literally start like they they start turning around, meaning that the terrorists have to attack a little bit earlier than they were intending. I think, but like right before. Yeah, yeah. It's like if they went another hundred meters. Yeah. Uh, so the terrorists fire an anti-tank missile, and well, they, so they're machine gunning all the cops. They've hit the limo with an anti-tank missile. Aaron Pierce, he's bloody in the front seat. Yeah, it's like it doesn't really even seem to do much that they've hit it with it. Like it's like it blows out the engine, but like Aaron in the in the cockpit is like a bit a bit messed up, but not like too bad. And then you've got multiple dudes just opening just opening fire for ages on the bulletproof limo. Yeah. And we think that's going to do nothing. At which point a chap rocks up with 
what looks to be... I, I was literally saying, what's that going to do? They're like bulletproof. And then he whacks out a flamethrower. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like a full like World War II, like <laughs> World War II flamethrower. It's so... <laughs> so Aaron Pierce... Like, oh, okay. So Aaron Pierce, who is also the boy, opens... He does the one thing you should never do under these circumstances if you're in a, like a bulletproof car with backup coming, and he opens the door. But he then instantly blasts two of the guys who are so surprised that they don't even you know, have time to shoot back. And then he shoots the flamethrower guy, so he explodes. He shoots the tank on the flamethrower guy. Oh, well, yeah. So it's just like he does like a like the like thing from Half Life Alex. Like he does like one of those moves, you know, like or like yeah. the, the Republic Commando thing where you like uh, you shot the like Trandoshans in the back and then they jet, like they sort of rocket it up into the air. Yeah, it's uh, it's the downside to being the flamethrower guy. Like the, on the on the upside, you get to have a flamethrower. Mm. On the downside, you will absolutely die at the hands of your own flamethrower. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's. Um, I think Jesus said that. You know, that he who lives by the flamethrower uh, is going to like have a pretty gnarly death. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like how um, Jesus was a carpenter, and what did he die nailed to? Oh, wood. Really makes you think. Yeah, live by wood, die by wood. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, so they they managed to just about save the day there, uh, but while this was all happening, the president was so. He was losing it for like 15 solid minutes to the point where he even got Mike to pray with him. Oh God, yeah. There's this amazingly funny looking scene where they're both like sort of down on their knees, like praying. And it's like, like you were like, <laughs> you, you were saying the like Mike voice, <laughs> like Mr. President, you're scaring the hose. About the hose, I mean me. Because you, <laughs> it's like, is that good when the you're, when the president when the when your chief of staff is looking at you like that? Like yeah, he's he looks so uncomfortable and. The president basically crying says, pray with me. And Mike just says, I think that's a personal matter. And like, is about to leave when the president just kind of puts him down on his knees and then like puts his hand on his back and like just prays a little. It's it's so it's, funny. Like, it, it looks it, it, so it, stupid. Like, it, it, it's like uncomfortable. Yeah, like earlier in the season, having a president who's out of his depth and sucks is funny. Like, it, was, it, it was okay. Yeah. Now... He's so out of his depth, and he sucks so much that it rules. He's like being blackmailed by terrorists, but then he also gets found out. Is it? He, <laughs> it's like his, his like. But he gets, CTU just naturally find out that the attack is going to happen anyway, so he sort of has an out, and he's just like, "Yeah, all right. Oh no, this scares me too." <laughs> like he he is being blackmailed by terrorists, and his wife is angry at him. Yeah. Um, and, and Bierko calls the president and says, well, because you because we failed, um, we're going to kill American citizens instead. And the president looks even wetter. Uh, but while all this has been happening, Jack, he he's driving to Omicron. And you may remember, way back in the beginning of season one, some people don't like Jack because... He's like a straight shooter, right? Like, he's like, does things by the book. Yeah, uh, he turned in their previous boss for because he was doing crime. Yeah. And Jack... Um, called him out because there's that whole thing with like swede mason as well where like he's like i know you were doing something too like yeah um and then jack never goes by the book at any point yeah ever, at any point since however the guy that he turned in it turns out is is the guy is christopher henderson Omicron. so jack goes there and gets into his office um but as he gets into his office henderson tases him and jack comes to and is being held at gunpoint 
and Henderson is being played by Peter Weller, a.k.a. Robocop. Yeah, so, so we will be referring to him exclusively as Robocop from now on. Yeah, um, and they, uh, well, he, he's he's saying that, yeah, he was he was framed. He actually never did do any of the, like, selling intel to defense contractors. It's, like, it's just like you, Jack. Like, you do this shit all the time. It's always me. You could just get it out from me, man. Like, <laughs> I was innocent the first time, but fuckhead. He, he um, says, how can I make you believe that I'm innocent? And then Jack remembers what he did in, like, episode two. And um, just and so Robocop just gives him his gun, and he's like, "Well, now I believe that you're innocent." Yeah, fair enough. And yeah, that's the universal um, like gesture for like peacemaking, I think. And he says, "Well, okay, now I'll take you to the bunker where this gas was actually made, which is fortunately within a five minute drive." Hmm. Oh, it's across campus. Yeah. He does say that. So, um, and uh, while in there, they're uh, they're talking. Oh god, fuck! I forgot this. Yeah, they they get in, they get into the, the bunker and they go through all the scientists that worked this on it. Is so fucking funny. And like all of them have died mysteriously. Like helicopter. Like, this guy, this guy, like shat himself to death and under under mysterious circumstances. This guy drowned weirdly. Like, like this guy, this guy, this, made, this guy dropped a toaster on his own head. I don't know. Like, like, this this guy created one of those um, flying machines that they send off the end of Brighton Pier, and it got sucked into. A... <laughs> he died in a fluke dark incident. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, he, he ended up. He, he, he got caught. He got sucked into the uh, rear propellers of one of the cross-channel hovercrafts. <laughs> uh, but it's like it's all the most suspicious deaths possible. Like if you, you know the um, the death of like the like like all of the, like Russia's like millionaires who are against the war. They just keep like disappearing, and everyone knows. Like it's like the sausage tycoon. Russia loves killing like sausage tycoons, especially for some reason. Okay, no. But like, like, like how like there was a story recently where like he he fell out of a window like two days after his mate at the same hotel also fell out of a window or something like. it's, oh, like, no, it's he's, that level he's, of he's, like his suspicious mate, assassination. His like, mate fell all the way down the stairs. <laughs> um, now I think it, that's in okay. It, I'm going to put my my policy hat on. I think that's actually all that stuff is way less suspicious than it seems, because as a Russia understander, I know that it's a custom to put lots of um, butter on your windowsill ah. and to like kind of and, and to do a little jig on it whenever you're in a good mood, a bad mood, you know. So it's it's much easier to fall out of a window than you expect. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, no, that doesn't, that, you know, it's the leading cause of death. Oh fuck! Yeah, um, like. Uh... <laughs> The only person who's not allowed to butter his windowsill is the president, because otherwise, like, that's a faux pas. Yeah. Um, I'm learning so much today. That's why they're invading Ukraine, because um, in Ukraine they put sunflower oil. Ah, uh, okay. And th- and that's just apparently not the same. Uh, 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 the Robocop is like, oh, wow, they've all, they've all died. That's so weird. Uh, anyway, I'll be right man, back. That, man, that's so funny. He literally does go like, that's weird. <laughs> Gets up, leaves the room. And then the door closes, at which point Jack just sort of... He looks around and is like, there's this weird fucking clipboard this guy was carrying. Yeah, yeah. tries the door, realises it's locked, realises the clipboard is super thick. Why is it beeping? Yeah, he opens it up and there's a thing inside that beeps. It looks like a, star- a piece of Star Trek medical equipment. And he's just like, fuck, man, I am this- like, how am I so dumb? Uh, and then you cut to Robocop outside, who's now wearing sunglasses and is on the phone. And grinning and being like, ah, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, he, I found out he doesn't know anything about it. Yeah, he doesn't know anything that can hurt <laughs> this us. This fucking dipshit. Yeah. 
and he says, CTU doesn't know anything, and then in, in about one minute, Jack Bauer will be dead. And then he gets in his car, and like he doesn't turn on the radio, and like starts playing. But it's that kind of energy. Yeah. So Jack just takes the clipboard, puts it in like a cupboard. <laughs> I'll just put this over here. Yeah, he, he puts like a lovely filing cabinet in front of it and like gets under the asbestos tiles. Yeah. Um, and so that. Under the floor. And so that blows up the bunker and all of the servers with all of the information on it. Uh, but now they think that Jack is dead. Again. Now, um, Tony wakes up at about this point and he looks like he's gotten two faced. He's got like a, a bandage over like half of his face, and there was a lot of fire in the secondary car bomb. Mm. Like when the petrol tank went up, God, he don't. You really think he's going to look like you know? You think he's going to get Phantom of the Opera? Mm. Uh, but CTU explicitly are not telling him that Michelle is dead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They say like, oh, you, you know, if he raises blood pressure, one of the doctors is like, if he raises blood pressure due to stress, he's going to like be a lot worse. So like, they they won't, you know. 15 minutes later, Tony gets out of bed. He's already fully dressed. Yeah, he's just wandering around. He's fully dressed under his gown. Um, it seems everywhere on him was fine except for his face, and then he takes the bandage off, and it's fine. Yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah, like, his he's alright. His ear's a little chewed up, but I mean, you know. It, he, he's been... He's like had his, his face like half in a hot bath. It's like that kind of look. Like. Yeah, no, it looks like he's had um, a, a skin peel, and it's like right after. Mm. Uh, he, he, they attempted to assassinate him. Instead, they just revealed skin's freshest layer. <laughs> but they knew they wondered Radical why. new new uh, skin treatment. Yeah, they wondered why the bomb maker is codenamed the, the Exfoliator. <laughs> uh, he gets out of bed, just goes over to a computer, looks up Michelle Dessler, and um, it brings up her service record. And then a big flashing red sign just says "deceased, deceased, deceased," uh, which is. <laughs> I think that might be worse for his blood pressure than just telling him, you know? Yeah, just be like, now, um, we'll tell you later. Yeah, it's like, I think the red, the, the red is maybe a little, uh, maybe, maybe a little harsh. Uh, and um, the, the first lady, she just tells Aaron Pierce that um, Bitch of Nixon uh, sold them out. Oh yes, yeah, so they're just hanging around in like the, um, in the convoy, like waiting, like waiting for a helicopter to turn up to get them out, which like, I feel like they wouldn't do that. I feel like they would move them immediately just in case there were any more dudes around with guns. But like, well, okay. You, you pointed um, an imaginary gun at the screen while they were kind of all kind of standing there. And you said, gun that killed Shinzo Abe, go. <laughs> you get him with the thingamajig. Yeah. Like, like they could, like someone could just walk up and thingamajig them. They don't even need to thingamajig them. This is, this is the US. Yeah. Wait, what? I'm so, I'm, I'm like, I'm stupider than Jack Bauer. Like they, like they don't even need the thingamajig. Yeah, but like if you for style points. Oh yeah, I mean like the, like you know you remember that game um, the ship where like the the yeah. idea was that you had to kill people on like a target list. It was like part of a big game, but if you used like a gun, that was like considerably less like points than like using like a golf club. Yeah, like yeah, it's that the thingamajig is like worth more points. Um, uh, President Subaru asks um, President Gaslight why the first lady is acting so weird, and Gaslight just says. You have to understand, she has... She's like that. She has depression and anxiety. And that's not a joke, that's actually... It, it's not like, oh, she has, you know, bipolar disorder, or like she has, you know, she's on antipsychotics. It's, she has depression and anxiety. And I'm like, mother, who doesn't? Yeah. I remember 
back in, you know, about 2001, seeing an actress uh, called, I think Loopy was the word on the front page of a tabloid for saying that she had depression. But, um, oh, for, yeah, no, I guess this was like way before like uh, mental health stuff was spoken about a bit more yeah. as well, which I guess like explains a bit more why her, like, why they treat her the way she is treated in this and it's seen as like almost like because the other thing to mention here is that like president gaslight it might sound like he fucking hates his wife but he doesn't he's just like he actually i think he quite loves his wife they did have a cute scene earlier but like it seems like they do actually love each other yeah like but like he keeps either being manipulated or just is kind of a terrible person who loves his wife so it's like he lacks all spine yeah like yeah like, she's probably the only person who can sort of half-wrangle him, apart from Mike. But Mike is like... She's like the angel on his shoulder, and Mike is like the devil. It really does feel that way, actually. Um, hey, so when he says, like, she has depression and anxiety, that is functionally him being like, she has mental health. Yeah. Uh, but it's funny now, given that... I mean, again, who, who doesn't? Yeah, yeah, it's like, it, it, yeah, it, that line has aged extremely badly, actually. It, I didn't even pick up on that. Oh, I, yeah, it, it they're very clearly going for, like, if they were writing the exact same character now, they would, I think, say bipolar or yeah, psychotic, because yeah. they're making it seem like, you know, she, well, they say that she gets, like, these conspiracy theories, so that's like a manic episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But back then, you know, it was just enough to be like, depression, well, that's cuckoo bananas, so... Yeah. Uh, but Gaslight then, in exchange for all that candor, says, well, we did just um, get that tr- uh, treaty signed earlier, so can you give us all of your intelligence on these separatists? And the Subaru is like, um, they're asking that extremely weirdly, but okay. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's a, how did you know it was them, huh? Oh, no, no, Subaru says, I reckon it's the guys oh, from, okay, from, right. from Ontario Airport who did say, what up? It's your boys, the separatists. Yeah, why did they not share that earlier? Um, well... Uh, I guess pre- because he doesn't the, want Subaru to know. President Gaslight says, oh yeah, they stole nerve gas. Uh, we've just found out now. Right, okay. Yeah, we, we only... I, I, you're telling me this is the first time hearing yeah, of it. I'm, I'm hearing, hearing this, about this for the first time. Yeah. The, the, there's nerve gas? And yeah, that's another thing where President Subaru is like, huh, weird. But, uh, so that's when they know that uh, it's probably being organized and funded by this guy, Vladimir Birko, uh, who got rich after the fall of the Soviet Union and is now sort of generally funding this separatist yeah. group. He sells weapons and oil and like whatnot after the fall of the Soviet Union. And I guess he's using the money to bankroll doing this. Um, with but what, one of the chaps from the motorcade ambush had plot-relevant gubbins in his pockets they find a burned piece of paper with an industrial building's ventilation shaft on it. Mm. Uh, and the time, six o'clock, which is... Stop carrying this shit around. Yeah, this is... Um, I would say it's only one level below. Like, it's one rung below, but only one rung below. Um, like when someone has a note attached to their computer that says, Now... I know you want to remember the password, so just remember, look at your bookshelf. Yeah. And there are four books on there called 2469. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's that kind of thing. It's, um, this, is a, this is a guy in an RPG that really needs to give you options in case you fuck up every dialogue check. 
uh, but it's only about you know, 5.25 now, so they've got to hurry. Uh, and they just realize um, that it's the, uh, it's the plans for a hospital, Tyler Memorial Hospital. And as soon as they realize that, it then cuts to there, where there is a, there is a, a terrorist mid-hitmanning a guy. There is a clearly dead orderly lying face down uh, in his undershirt while the, while the terrorist is now wearing his clothes and pinning his badge on and putting a uh, a canister of nerve gas into the underside of like a patient trolley. I was trying to look up whether Tyler Memorial is a real place because I thought that might be kind of um, kind of not cool, uh, and it's not. Yeah, so. no. Um, so CTU they rush in, but they can't they can't evac. Because well, they can't evac fully because some people are on the are in the ICU, and it's crowded, and you know, there'd be a panic. So they they get some people out that can be uh, that can be moved, and Curtis goes. He finds the orderly. That's the terrorist. Uh, he, I, I've just seen. I've just seen a message. We've we've absolutely got to mention him because we've forgotten that. Yeah, um, I couldn't remember uh, if it was in this block or the last one. But we forgot. We've just remembered um, a a cameo. Uh, well, we'll we'll tell you about this at the end of the episode. Yeah, it'll be a, a, a little coda uh, to everything there. Curtis murders the orderly. They find the canister, but they don't think they they don't know if they can move it because maybe it has something where if you move it, it goes off. Yeah, but fortunately, where's Jack? He's at Robocop's house. Yeah. And like Mrs. Robocop is there and she is washing some incredibly square peppers. <laughs> and at this point, I sit up to Sam and start like shaking him because I recognize this woman. And I recognize this woman because in order to get me on board with doing this podcast, Sam sent me like a 20 second clip. And it's a 20 second clip that is incoming very shortly. Well, Robocop comes home. Jack asks to go on the computer while <laughs> while he's there. He, he wants to like um, transfer all of Robocop's RuneScape gold to yeah. his account. Uh, and so Robocop comes home and Jack smacks him in the back of the head. It gets him to sit down on a sofa with his wife and he's like, how do you disarm this nerve gas? And he's like, Oh, I don't know. I can't tell you. And his wife is like, come on, you always go after him, Jack. He's not even, you know, he's fine. He's never done any of this shit. Like, we stopped in on Kim when we thought you, you were dead. Like, what the hell, man? Yeah, we were actually nice. To, yeah. You know, remember your daughter? Yeah, you seem to have forgotten. Mm. Also, shit, I've just realized something. You remember in, in season three, they had, like, the, the, the Walther PPK, like, every fucking scene? Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. I've just realized that every plot-relevant computer in this is one particular like brand of Apple Mac. It is. Palmer's computer is that. My God. This guy's computer is that. I think maybe they just had one prop. I, either that or Apple had a lot of promotional consideration. Did they? No, because CTU has like a sponsorship, like almost with like a different like security, like IBM or something. Oh, no, like, it was um, uh, a phone company. Like supplied all the equipment. Yeah. Um, but then it may, maybe they have multiple sponsorships. Yeah, maybe. Uh, Robocop is really goading him. He's being like, "Go on, shoot me in the kneecap," you know, like yeah, I he... ta- like I taught you. Oh yeah, like uh, like um, like to get the wife on board. He like Jack opens his brie- uh, Robocop's briefcase. It's just full of money. At which point she's like, 
Oh, what? oh you, you fucking, you've had me this entire time. What the hell? And he goes, yeah, go on, kneecap me. And he's like, I didn't do anything out of self-interest. I did it for you, my love. And she was like, I, I did it. I, did, I would, you know, I never did anything bad that wasn't for you. And she was like, I defended you. And it's like, I defended you by not telling you about all of these yeah. things. Uh, uh, Jack's like sort of takes one look at all this situation and goes, ah, okay, so he loves his wife a lot, huh? Uh, but he then like, so he puts the gun right up to Robocop's knee and he's like, hey, I'm not, I can't tell you anything. I don't know anything. And he realizes, oh, you know what? I, I actually could kneecap him right now and he wouldn't say anything. Yeah. And he's like, but what is the most vulnerable place on a man's body? What is the most vulnerable a vulnerable place to shoot a man? What is the most beautiful spot on a man's body? You shoot him in the wife. Right in the wife. <laughs> so, Wham! Right above the knee. At which point... He shoots her. The, uh, he shoots Robocop. the wife in the leg. She starts making some incredible faces. <laughs> she makes the, like... You described it as the, like, when you nut, but she keeps on sucking face. And, it's- like... She is doing what can best be described as the anti-pog. <laughs> like, she does not consider the situation to be very poggers at all. I wouldn't. I don't think I would. But like, it like, um, Robocop's just like, "What the fuck, man? What the hell?" And you he, shot my wife. And Jack just yells, "She can. It's above the knee. She can still walk." <laughs> like Robocop <laughs> is the asshole for complaining. Like, you shot my wife and it's like above the knee yeah this is the bit this is the bit that you used to get me on board this is what the clip you sent me and like the tone of voice for jack is so like stop being such a diva she can still walk <laughs> yes it's <laughs> like jack bauer has just shot an innocent woman in the leg a and, woman and then to visit his daughter and then he his has, grieving daughter and then he has the gall to be the one that's whining yeah oh my god like the, like shooting a man in the wife is like a, a like a joke that we have had for like over a year now hmm. it's um it's wonderful and but then robocop just doesn't care um, <laughs> he, he's pretty offended but he's not going to say anything and jack's like he's like my god you don't care for anyone not even her. Uh, and now this is... I, well, remember how season three had woke James Bond who couldn't be tortured because he knew, he knew all the techniques? Yeah. And then they were like, well, what if we threaten your daughter? Yeah. Like the one person... We'll, we'll, we'll take advantage of your love for someone. Yeah. Now they've got a guy who can't be tortured and doesn't and, care. Like, if, yeah, doesn't care about the people he loves. So, like, which is the natural progression, but it's also yeah. a very funny You know what character. else? Like, this is just season fucking three again. It's like... The gas that's like being released. There's a like a smooth talking British guy, uh, in this case played by like what's his name, like Nathan Sands. Like the Bierko. Bierko is like is like very much almost the same character, um, uh, but they've like sort of combined him with with uh, like Robocop a bit. Like yeah, uh, well I'd, I'd say woke James Bond is broken into his smooth talking aspect and his we're not so different you and I aspect. Yeah, and and hey. I mean, our cup runneth over with villains. Currently. That, but you, there's so many. There's so many villains. How many have we had this season? Actually, let me, let me, let me. So we had the head terrorist at the airport. Yeah. Um, oh, was well, so it? We had Willem Dafoe. Then we had the head terrorist at the airport. Uh, we had Cum Waltings. Yeah. We had Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Uh, we had Biako. Uh, we've got Robocop. 
Um, I don't think there are any more currently, but how many is that? That's six. I think. Fuck me. I, I think we peak at six. You know how we were like joking a while ago that this series had like the Far Cry 3 effect of like it will get like a very good villain at the start and then it will kill him and then we'll have a, another man behind him who's more like he's kind of a bit shit. Oh, yeah. We, um, we, like, we were... this is, this is oh, um, taking the piss with that. Nathanson. Oh, fuck me. Yeah, we had Nathanson because we were referring to him as the man behind the cum. <laughs> and now Robo- <laughs> and Robocop is the man behind the man behind the cum. Yeah. It's too, there's too many. Which reminds me of some like that too, type of It's too fucking contrived. Like, it's so hard for me to, like, uh, uh, there's no fucking Marwans because, like, there's just too many of them. But also, they're all, like, they are genuinely, like, playing the greatest hits of, like, the villain's past. Um, Jack then calls an ambulance for this woman, and in wonderful use of the passive voice, um, it was like, Mrs. Robocop has been shot. <laughs> Very pointedly doesn't say by whom. And, a uh, Jack Bauer-involved kneecapping. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was above the knee. <laughs> she can still walk. Um, <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, so they just can't use Robocop to, to solve how to disarm this. Or where to find any of the other canisters. So when um, the CTU guys, who are wearing MSAs... Yeah, again. Uh, and it's all the Groucho marksmen. Yeah, which who, means that they don't look as funny. Who, if you haven't heard us mention before, there are a lot of soldiers for CTU who wear... It's specifically the CTU tax squads. They wear, like, um, they are wearing, like, helmets. They're wearing, like, cheap airsoft-looking gear. But, like, the effect from a distance is it looks a bit like they have the sort of Groucho Marx, like, glasses and moustache on. Uh, and there was one... Well, I was a big fan of one of the chaps in the hospital who seemed to be a clean foot shorter than everyone else, so it looked like it was bring your kid to the tag team day. <laughs> Make your kid take point. Uh, they find a, a they find a, a little soldered together countdown timer that says, like, one minute to go. And they're like, there's only one minute left until this thing goes off. And it's like, yeah, it's because it was going to go off at 6 o'clock yeah. and it's 5.59. Yeah, and Bieko is, like, telling this guy where to go and, like, where to put it and stuff. And the, the hospital have identified that he's not someone that works there. Oh, no, so they, they, that's how they found him. And yeah, yeah. Him. But at that point, they're like, it doesn't matter if it He's goes- been pushing this, this like, cart full of nerve gas around, by the way, like, just in, a, like, a big metal box mm. under a bed. And it's like, that's the most suspicious possible fucking thing. Like... As someone who's worked in hospitals, I was like immediately like, I think I would immediately go, what the fuck is that, man? Yeah, I've never seen that. Uh, but in the end, they figure, okay, if we only have a minute, it doesn't matter if we move this thing or yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. And also, the guy's been wheeling it around on a bed. like. Oh, but maybe that was before it was armed. Or yeah, I, yeah, true, I guess. So they just kind of, they do the Batman carrying a bomb and like running past ducks and nuns. Uh and they managed to, with like one second to go, get it in the back of their CTU van outside with a little hermetically sealed container. Hmm. Little like, uh, they put it in a cube. Yeah, it, it goes in. It goes in cube. We love a cube, don't we, folks? We we love a cube. Uh, and you think that's going to be the end of the uh, the hour? But Samwise's sister's boyfriend is selling that CTU keycard for like twenty grand. Inexplicably selling it. For that much money, I like guess he just knew a guy. Yeah, he just happens to know a guy, and he's using like, it to cut coke. Yeah, <laughs> very funny. Um, but yeah, the hour ends as the terrorists like kill the sister and the boyfriend, uh, and they they take the key card. 
Now, you may have noticed, now that they have the keycard, the next hour begins with them just instantly, like, uploading and hacking and, you know, transferring credentials. Yeah. And Very to, easy to hack these keycards. Yeah. And so the instant that um, CTU security can be breached and someone can just walk in. Oh my god! It's Elisha Cuthbert from 24! It's Kim! Kim, Kim is back! In. Uh, it turns out... She walks into the building that always gets attacked when she's there. Uh, and where both of her parents yeah, she, died. She makes a point of being like, both my parents died here. And like... So, <laughs> and, and like, her boyfriend used to work there. And like, her, her, boy, her boyfriend, who lost his arm, and apparently after Jack died, dumped her. Where like... Oh, it's good, so but to be fair, fucking... when, you, when you only have one arm, it's twice as easy to let go. Oh, um, and she's there with her much older boyfriend, who it turns out was her psychologist, no, her psychiatrist. Oh fuck, I forgot that. But he was her; she was his patient. That that feels weird. It's a very Kim thing to do because it means that you are permanently putting yourself at like a low level of background radiation peril. Yeah, like just persistently going like that doesn't seem great. Yeah. His Don't name, like that. His name's Barry. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't realise that. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think he's played by. Do you know? Um, the... so it's always very funny to me when, like, um, like when you can pick a name for like anyone involved in your show, and you pick something like, like, like Barry. Yeah. I don't know, like, like, <laughs> like it works for the show Barry, but like, if you if you're gonna have a, a Barry, build it around the Barry. Yeah. Uh, he's played by the actor C. Thomas Howell, who uh, I think I mostly know from having been in the movie Soul Man, where he pretends to be black to get into Harvard, if I'm recalling that correctly. Okay. Uh, right, um, speaking of... A weird fucking premise for a film. It was a different time. It was a worse time. Uh, speaking of great um, that guys... Ray Wise is in this as the vice president because we've got yet another scheming oh, vice fuck president. It, fuck me, I can't keep up with like anyone on any side of this. There's too many guys. He he tells the president um, there might be four hundred thousand casualties, and so they need to invoke martial law. But people will panic, so they won't call it that. They'll just put troops out on the street. Yeah. So so what would you call it? Like, um, I would call it. Um, Fun law. Yeah, like, if, it, if it happened here, we'd call it like British law. <laughs> we, so we, they, would, we would call time on sozzled bonking. Yeah, that, I, that's what he's that's he's suggesting. I think the Yanks would call it like freedom law. I, it's like liberty law. Uh, fuck me! Like, what are you going to call it then? You Opera, deft cunt! I don't, I don't understand. Eagle time. <laughs> Spend uh, some time at home and ponder your eagles. I'd, I don't. I'd, I'd call it hamburger time, but Metalocalypse has already taken that as meaning as now be, being my favourite euphemism for death. Oh, because death is too nasty of a word, so just refer to it as hamburger time. Oh. Uh, that's why the hamburger is such a problem. Yeah, uh, yeah, but, uh, that's why we've been living longer. <laughs> so Audrey tells Kim that Jack is alive. And then, you know, when Jack gets back Kim's in... Kim's like, oh, man. <laughs> when, when Jack gets back in, he's like, how did she take it? And Audrey's like, she seemed confused. He's like... Yeah, okay, okay. I mean, she would be. You know, but also, like, that's her baseline. Yeah. 
like anything different like you know jack reunites with kim and like she's like i've just seen in your notes that the words she is sad <laughs> it's the only way to describe the entire scene yeah you you, you do get a life cast but almost doing a cry like yeah. trying hard not to cry she's she is very sad that jack didn't tell her and it's like it doesn't really forgive him i think and it's a <laughs> just, bit mad and just yeah be glad that you know he didn't tell her like kim like i wanted to tell you but like it would have put you in danger like you would have been one of the people killed this morning if if you'd known i'm sorry i love you also i replaced you with a boy for a time yeah you would be very surprised at how apt, how easy a replacement it was. Like, he did such a good job he, as your replacement, honestly. Because he's like season one, Kim. He's life sucks. Yeah, like like password. Like, her password in her computer was life sucks. And man, it's probably only gotten more dramatic now. Yeah, like, it, like what do you reckon her password is now? Sweet release. <laughs> It, her password, because she now um, she worked at CTU, so knows the value of cybersecurity. She can't tell her passwords to her psychiatrist boyfriend because he will psychoanalyze them. Like I reckon it's that bad. No, it's um a it has to include like you know a, a letter, a number, and a special character. So it's the complete address of um, Dignitas. Oh. <laughs> do you know? Do you know something quite funny? I think Dignitas might also be an esports org. It is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is always like I was like, why would you? call it that yeah like uh, are they are they known for choking oh <laughs> no um where are they based are they um one of those ones where it's a bunch of um korean teenagers i don't because i always do associate dignitas with youth in asia oh fuck off, fuck off. <laughs> that's that's dire it's good work we do here folks um so the instant that kim is in one of the terrorists uses the card to get into CTU and just slams a, a, a nerve gas canister in the ventilation system. Bowling it in there. Um, Robocop is strapped to the table that makes you Robocop. Yeah, no, it really does look like that. Yeah. They look like they're actually going to turn him into Robocop. And like, like they, they have him like wired up. He looks like he's like, he, he looks constantly like he's like in a state of like pure ecstasy as well. I think he's supposed to look like he's in pain. Because yeah, they've, like, they've got the chemicals that make you... That, like they, they've got the agony chemicals just pumping into him, and he does look like he's just absolutely like he's like I don't you you were like I don't need the cave, Jack. <laughs> I can do it anywhere. <laughs> like it looks like he's thinking himself off at all times. Yeah, uh, uh, he looks like he's in his mind palace, and if you were in his mind palace with like a mind black light, it would not be a good time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he's grimacing and yeah we've got uh, we have a friendly torturer he's only like he's the guy from before isn't he i think i I don't know if he is i think he might be he looks familiar i choose to believe yeah he's like the guy that they get in to do the like really fucked up torture um mike at this point is just encouraging the first lady to reconcile with the president we don't get a ton of of president stuff yeah um just like the basically you get the president freaking out but there are only so many ways we can talk about, you know, wet president becoming uh, wet. No, there is a good bit where she does actually go and reconcile with him a bit. But, like, she, like, accidentally delivers the most devastating thing, like, devastating slam that you yes! can ever deliver oh to God. a human being. She says, you acted like the president of the United States, which I think she I means... I think she means that, like, positively. But, like, if someone said that to me, I'd be like, fuck you, man. <laughs> yeah, like that. 
<laughs> that's the worst thing you can say to someone, I think. Um, there's been this one um, CTU tech that's like, for the last few episodes, gotten Also, like, like, accurately, yes, I think he did act like the President of the United States, in that he was a big fuck-up. Yeah. Like... <laughs> Well, he he, acted he did the most contrived, stupid bullshit possible, and it didn't even help. He acted like the president of the United States, um, but like, not one of the good ones. <laughs> like, like, I don't know. Ah. Um, is there this one CTU tech who's had like a couple of lines for the last few episodes called like um, Cassie? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. She's like, she was like monitoring chatter. She's been sitting around in the background, going like, yes. Um, and I'm here. Yeah. And she goes, hey, I've noticed a glitch in the environmental systems. And Edgar... Is that good? Yeah, Edgar just goes, it's probably nothing. You know, there's nothing weird happening with ventilation systems across the city. Yeah. So she goes to check it out and just gets absolutely stab-murked by that terrorist. Uh, and he, you know, he sets it up and gets ready to leave. Um, but as he's leaving... Bill tells Samwise that he's like, sorry, your, your sister died. And he's like, I knew her boyfriend did it. And he went, nope, boyfriend's dead too. It was a professional. Yeah, it's Sam, shot, like, unless he can shoot himself in the back of the head, I don't think it was him. And Sam goes, uh, hmm. No, this is going to sound weird. I know I'm a perfectionist who gets really mad at everyone else when I when when they fuck up. Bill? But um, I did have my key card stolen this morning. Bill, I need you to promise not to be angry. <laughs> And uh, he's a, like, a, why didn't you report this? He's like, I'm reporting it now. It's, like, it's, of tac- <laughs> Too late. it's of tactical, strategic importance that you not get angry at me. It's my birthday. I'm just a little birthday boy. You Listen, would- I've had a lot on my mind. Someone said that they had something in their pockets this earlier, and like, it, it really sent me over the edge. Yeah, like, I really think that people have been like sort of sharpening frying pans in my vicinity, and... Look, I, it's all been very stressful. I just got here from District, from the Undying Lands to the West. <laughs> and that's an incredibly long commute. Like, it, it, it's a commute. It lasted all of the third age of man. <laughs> uh, he says, so, yeah, my key card, I may not have it. So they check to see if anyone's used it, and they realize, oh, a guy just did. Yeah, it's, they reprogrammed it so it didn't have his face on it. It looked like something, you know, it, it, it signed like him in as the guy yeah. that was being signed in, but like it's his card, so they're yeah. able to identify yeah, it that way. It's his like, ID number and all yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, so they lock down CTU, uh, and uh, Jack, he manages to track down and kill the terrorist. He's like, the terrorist is like taking one of the like um, the security guys hostage, and I'm like, man, do you know how many of those guys die here like every season? Oh. Like, they don't give a fuck about those but guys. But the way he gets him, this... Oh, fuck yeah! This security guard is sprinting down a corridor like I've never seen someone move. And he, does, he doesn't even punch him. He really just kind he of... He just clotheslines him. He just sticks his, like, sticks his arm out, and the guy like does a full backflip. Like, this guy gets he gains the physics of a Looney Tune. Yeah, it's like, it's yeah, it's genuinely impressive stunt work actually from that guy. But then he gets picked up and just, you know, gun to his gun to his back. He's like, set the alarm, like try and exit. And he's like, but there's a lockdown, so it won't work. So it sets an alarm off when he does that, and then he gets shot. Then it's like supposed to be like a distraction, I think. It's yeah, it's, it's not super clear whether he was just hopeful or whether it was a diversion. Uh, uh, Jack ends up tracking him down and. When he realizes the guy's listening into their comms, he like, yeah, he takes the guy's radio. So yeah, yeah, he he gives fake comms, 
he's like he's like, like looking at the camera going like please ignore everything i'm like, fucking saying with like, his hands and face he's like, like winking like like, uh, like he's got his fingers crossed behind his back and he turns around to show them yeah. that he's done that you know it's that kind of like kind of level like you can see him do a little oh chinny reckon he's yeah. like please move security away from this part of the building at, at which point you it then cuts to the terrorist and he's just sort of being like, like oh hmm, much to consider i'm very clever at which point jack then just shoots him yeah um but the nerve gas escapes into the vents. They um, they do an environmental... Because Kim's here, you see. Yeah, instantly. Like, Kim arrives as Danger does. It is fucking clockwork. It's so good. Like, it's it's just... It follows her around. Like, she was even saying, I swore I'd never come back to this You know place. how we're, like, we were saying that, like, this only ever happens to her, like, one day? This fucking happens to her all the time. No wonder she's, like... She has, like, a... She's been seeing a psychiatrist and all of this shit. Like... Like, it must just be... I'm like, no wonder she's dating him, actually. Like, it must just save on time. Yeah. Like, to just be living with the guy. Saves on the commute. Yeah, like... She saves on fees. It's like... It's, shit just follow you around, doesn't it? Doesn't it, kid? Like, it's... Yeah. Um, so they... They start doing an environmental lockdown. Like, they... Some rooms can't be sealed, so they move Robocop to medical. Oh, yeah, there's there's actually kind of an interesting thing where, like, um, because of the way the vents work, like, they work from the outside in, so, like, you can't get out of the building because, like, uh, the... Someone thought it'd be funny to design the vents in such a way that, like, when there's a biological attack, like, you get sealed in and yeah. then you get pushed towards the core of the building. Uh, so, yeah, they move Robocop to medical and... Seal the door is in there with and, and Tony in there. The, I think. Yeah, the next block is absolutely going to start with Robocop just standing up and punching Tony. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, that's not even. Like, we, we can rest assured there. Uh, Will that raise his blood pressure too much, do you think? What, getting punched? Yeah, I think that would I think that'd be fairly stressful. I think he won't, I think he won't like it. Tony, yeah. Al, Tony Almeida doesn't like many things. Yeah. Like, he's, he's an angry man. His, uh, his soul patch, by the way, entirely fine through the explosion. Yes! His hair remains completely, perfectly unsinged. Uh, but uh, the you see people like stumble out of rooms and like they um, basically our main characters are all in the situation room where like the barriers come down and the doors are sealed. They're sealed by a little tiny bit of like 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 black plastic that yeah. just goes over the yeah. over the crack in the door. And like that's enough. Uh, <laughs> Very fun. And a, a random woman comes up and is like, let me in. And he's like, sorry, you've got to find another way out of the yeah, building. Yeah, we don't give a fuck about you. Um, and like, you're seeing like a bunch of like the CTU guys die and it's like the red shirts or like, the, yeah, like you know, the random background analysts they're all or whatever. Un- and everyone's like, who cares? They're all unnamed. But then somebody went to go and check on Cassie. Yeah. And that someone, as they stumble into the main room, is Edgar. Bam, bam, bam. <laughs> so we see Edgar slowly choke to death. Yeah. And we, we whilst they all have to watch in horror. Oh Edgar boy. The pipes, the pipes are calling. You're big the cat. I think the pipes be killing. Yeah, oh actually yeah, right the, the, the pipes were indeed the problem. Yeah. And we get the you know, the final seconds flashing up on screen without the. Oh beeps. yeah, normally there's like a beep, 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 beep. We get the somber. Yeah. Twenty four o'clock. They they don't. If someone who. Uh, which genuinely sort of was a bit eerie. I was like, oh fuck. 
Oh yeah, because they don't do it very often. Yeah, they really don't. I don't. I don't remember. I can't remember the last time they did that. Have they ever done that? Uh, Swede Mason. Okay. When someone dies, of like of like a named character that we're supposed to actually care about. Um. Oh, you know, I think um when Jack had to kill, um, his boss. Oh. The one, the one that he had kept hitting over the head with a frying pan. Yes. Fuck. Well, that was different. That was a different guy. That wasn't even Swede Mason. That was a different oh, no, guy. That those, was I, I think it happened for Swede Mason. Maybe. Who uh, the fuck was he frying panning? I don't remember. Sweet Mason's successor, who um, uh, I can't remember his name. Uh, let's call him Bob. <laughs> I think there was a B in there somewhere. It was frying pan man. Yeah, he was the guy from District who had <clears throat> who'd given himself an immunity to frying pans. Yeah. <coughs> oh God, I do, oh, there's too many guys, too many dudes. <coughs> You okay? Oh, yeah. Nerve but, gas? But the problem is... Yeah, um... Yeah, sorry, I kind of stopped the nerve gas. The problem is, you have to die right as the hour changes to get the silent beeps. Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. And, um, well, that's the end of our block. Yeah, this... The, we had, like... So, yeah, this is the point where, like, I was like, okay, it's got me back on board. But then when I went back and thought about it, when you, like, ran through <laughs> the things, it's like, motorcade attack... Blowing someone, like shooting the back of someone's flamethrower, exploding clipboard, Robocop cackling, uh, the shooting a man and the wife. There was so much shit that happened with this block, actually. And, well, we've realized if you kill a member of Edgar's family, that's a pretty good, um, that, that makes for a pretty good episode. But two for two. Yeah. Maybe in season six, they introduce like Edgar Jr. or maybe Edgar Sr. And they'll be, he'll be like big mad. Or like uh, same actor, fake moustache. <laughs> His cousin Edgarino. Uh, uh But there's another beloved character who's died. Yes, wait, a few really? years. Uh, yeah, a few years ago, um, we lost an actor from Twenty Four. That actor was the Republican se- senior senator from oh, Arizona, fuck. John oh, McCain. Fuck. This was the cameo. We told you it was coming in episode seven. God, you f- I forgot about it. I brought it up because we needed to mention it. I forgot about it in that time. In episode seven, for about a second and a half, a random guy hands Audrey a clipboard. And it's John McCain. Yeah, it's that kind of show, folks. When you're trying to unpack the politics, like this one, the politics are... They are so silly, you, can, you can't really... What? Did he know the plot of this was a Republican president being a big fuck up for like twenty four hours? Did I think, he know that going in? Um, I think. So, I think Senator John McCain, do you want to do you want to come and like be like around this uh, bit of media where we show like a guy who is like would be your colleague in this universe? I think he would have being li- like a massive fuck up. I know John McCain would have liked that. That showed he was a maverick with bipartisan credentials. Uh. Yeah, so when you're trying to unpack the politics of 24 in general, remembering that it was cited in a Supreme Court case defending torture. Oh, yeah, because fucking one of the justices... Scalia. Is it Scalia? Yeah, mm-hmm. like, thought it was real or some shit. Like, Is it how would Jack how Bauer... How would Jack Bauer do his job if we restricted him? Uh, and they had John they, McCain They literally on. tried to... You know how we were saying that, like, everyone thinks, like, everyone, like um, Samwise is, like... And, like... He's annoying to see to you because they, he doesn't realize that Jack has plot armor. 
Oh, um, so just gonna try to give Jack Bauer actual plot armor in the real world. We, we just, uh, yeah, we did describe. Um, it's not that Jack, like Jack, has plot armor, but all intellectual plot armor. Like not only is he like he's always right. Not only is he bulletproof, but his hunches are bulletproof. Yeah, unless they're about Robocop. Um, we've realized it's it's like Dirk Gently's detective, uh, holistic counterterrorist unit. Yeah, <laughs> he will just holistically analyze the terrorism. I think we should start referring to... I th- that is an effect that we should start referring to. It's like Jack Bauer's holistic CTU. Yeah, like, like... Yeah, holistic counter-terror. Yeah, it, it, he, like, sort of, like, anticipates the terminus of terrorism's rainbow and strolls leisurely to its end. Yeah. It's he, like... Um, I will say, though, we've made a rip-roaring return to torture. We've got... Now, we've got a, an innocent person... Being actually shot. Yeah. With I think no- that might be. I was going to say, is that a first, actually? Um, yeah, this is Has a th- Jack actually ever tortured somebody innocent? N- no, uh, no, they've always been guilty. Um, yeah, because like, there's the thing where like he stages the shooting of, of um, somebody's family. Yeah. But like, they're, they're not actually shot. Yeah, no, this is. I think this is absolutely a first. And that would be a watermark of being like the most upsetting thing. Yeah. But the show as a whole has just kind of it, it's just kind of begun to lose touch with reality. Yeah, the show has gone off its meds. It's it's become it, it's it's reached the point like it's like in season two where like the stuff that we were dealing with was heavy but so batshit that it was just impossible to take seriously. Uh, like it, it's genuinely become that again, hasn't it? I think. Well. Seasons seven, eight, and nine, I can't speak for. And I can't speak for the majority of season six, but I think this is the tone from here on out. I think this is, when I promised you, you've, now I'm I'm prepared to eat my words. I probably will, but let me say it now. I think you've, you've had your meat. Welcome to your pudding. Okay. We are halfway through the season, not chronologically because you know season nine is only twelve episodes, but we are four and a half seasons in to a nine-season show. Yeah. So we're over. The, we're over the hill now, actually. Then, huh? Yeah. Like we're we're like halfway through this recording block, but also like of, of this season, but also we're like halfway through the entire thing. And none of the other villains are going to be Ramon Salazar. Yeah. No. They they have to be like they have to be Marwan level, right? Like. Fingers crossed. They, I know that they get some great actors in. Okay. Um, I, I, there's going to be a lot of actors that, you, uh, that you're going to recognize. Okay. And you'll be like, ooh, I thought they were great in this. I hope they don't jump scare me again like Samwise. I earnestly cannot make a promise. <laughs> well, um, okay. I think... Well, Back to it. Here we go. Like we've, we've been recording for, for a long bit on this block. Um, but that's earnestly because I think... This this is a bizarre block. So, like, I think most bizarre of all, we kind of had a good time. Yeah, like, I like I in retrospect had a good time. I think by the end of it, when my meds were starting to wear off, I was like, Ugh. but like, well, come on, Starbucks, take another couple of stimulants. <laughs> Every thirty three minutes, Jack Bauer has to torture someone, and and we need you to be awake and ready. Uh, okay, right. Well, until next time. Don't stop the party. Uh, although, if you are going to, threaten to shoot the party and its wife. Mm. Mm. Yeah, let's see if that does the trick. Mm-hmm.
Sport.